Hey guys, welcome back to Willis Outdoor Adventures podcast. Um, I wanted to say if your last name is Willis or Hill or Vaughn or whoever else that's related to us, I would really appreciate it if you would take like two seconds and write a five-star review. You can just say good podcast, five-star review or whatever. That helps us and I would be interested in seeing that feedback. And be honest too, just write some honest feedback. Well today I'm here with John. John, what's up? Hey, Tim. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Your hair's looking good, dude. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I get a lot of comments on it these days. I believe it. We're both looking pretty shaggy. Um, today, we're going to talk about a trip, or maybe, I guess, two trips that you took to Alaska. So, all I know about these is that you spent a summer in Alaska, and you had some adventures on the way. So, I'm actually really curious to kind of interview you and get to know what happened. So, this was way back several years ago. Yeah, it was, uh, I spent two summers in Alaska. One was in 2006, and then the next summer in 2007. So, it's been 15 years. I'll, I'll do my best to remember all these stories. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be stretching your memory, dude. Before we, we recorded, you were like looking for the name of a town or something. You're like, I can't remember. Yeah, I could not find it anywhere. <laughs> but we'll get to that part here in a second. So, what were these trips about exactly and what what drew you to or brought you to Alaska? Like how did this come about? Well, I think who who doesn't want to go to Alaska, right? It's uh it's like the last frontier in America and um in high school I did a lot of hiking in the in the Rocky Mountains out west, Montana, Wyoming and Alaska is like the next step. So mm-hmm. I had an opportunity come up. Uh one of my pastors that I had growing up in Camden, Missouri, had connections out in Alaska. So when I graduated from high school in 2006, I got I had an opportunity come up to be able to go out to Alaska and spend pretty much the whole summer out there with this pastor friend I had. That's, His name is Mike. That's super cool. So this was between high school and college then? Yeah, I actually didn't know. I, I, so I went to CFO in the fall oh. of 2006 and I didn't know I had been accepted until like halfway through the summer. I got the call from my dad okay. uh, while I was up in Alaska. He said, you got like a day, let me know. And I said, okay, I'm in. Okay, so he like got an acceptance letter Yep. and opened it for you and stuff. Yep. That's pretty cool. So what were you exactly doing there? So you went with your pastor. He had some connections. Were you just hiking and, and bumming out or how did so that So a lot look? of the first summer was um, – just kind of hanging out. We had a whole group of kind of young guys come out to a bush cabin for two weeks okay. that Mike had. So we, we just hung out and did stuff out in the woods for two weeks. The rest of the summer, I did do a little bit of work and a lot more the second summer. Uh, Mike was working on building a house, so I did a lot of like foundation prep. Um, and then a couple times we helped other people with some roof uh projects things like that okay so was this was this some sort of a mission trip too or was he building the houses and getting paid or was it this was for his personal personal house he was building and he's pastored up there for a while after that oh okay. the second summer he actually moved up there so 2007 josh came with me we drove and when we left we moved we were basically driving a whole vehicle set for mike and molly Okay. As they moved up there, and that was their their big move up. What kind of vehicle were you driving? Oh man, I don't. Uh, I think we had a Subaru that we were driving. The first year we were in, I think it was a Buick. Okay. 
And oh, so, all right, so, so you the, drove both times? Yeah, both times. <laughs> how far? How how many hours? It's about seventy-two hours. Oh, from, my goodness! From where we lived to where we were heading in uh, around the Talkeetna area. That is brutal. Yeah. What that, was your strategy? Were you like, I'm going to push through the seventy-two hours, or were you like, hey, we're going to take it six hours at a time and stop and stretch our legs, or like what? What did that look like? So our first summer, uh, I went up with a buddy of mine. His name was Lewis. And then Lewis had two buddies that came too. One drove with us. One flew up and met us up there. Okay. So the first summer, it's three high school guys oh, driving man. up yeah. on our own. Lewis is from Minnesota. He came down to Missouri and picked me up in his car. We drove back to Minnesota. Almost ran out of gas. On our way back to Minnesota, we we took some exit looking for gas, drove like five miles down this road, only to find out there wasn't a gas station oh, man. at this town. So we had to turn around, go back to the highway and back up. All, the gas light was on everything. We were like, oh, shoot, geez. this is the beginning of our trip and can't even get Five gas. hours in, yeah. Anyway, we got gas there. Um, went on to Minnesota, picked up another buddy, and then we headed west all the way to Washington, and then we were going to head north through British Columbia. Um, somewhere in Montana, we had a little fender bender. A little old lady pulled out in front of us going through some town. No way. I was not driving. I was in the passenger front seat, and um, we were just going a little too fast probably, and she pulled out and did a little zig, a little crazy. So we ended up kind of rear-ending her a little bit um, our car was not that damaged hers wasn't too bad so we were able to resolve it and keep going but I think we probably messed something up on the vehicle and it comes up later okay huh. we get to Washington and one thing I remember from that time is we were uh, we were just camping on the side of the roads when, when right. it got dark so we <laughs> I woke up in Washington and a Sleep from sleeping in a ditch, and a policeman was there asking us questions like, "What? What are you doing here? Why, yeah. <laughs> why are you just pulling over sleeping?" And we're like, "Well, we're going to Alaska." <laughs> that is so funny. That's happened to me a couple of times sleeping on the side of the road. Like, get woke up by a cop. You're like, "What's going on?" <laughs> you know, they're they're pretty friendly once they figure out you're not doing anything bad. So. Yeah. So, you guys are trekking. You're in Washington, and did you do any sightseeing? at all like stop any national parks or anything mm, no not really national parks we we're pretty pretty set on just getting there it okay. was going to take us like five to seven days just to drive the whole thing so we were we were just pretty focused on going we started working our way up through british columbia and we got about halfway through and i cannot remember the name of this town but we just passed the town and and we're going up um, to help Mike. He's building a house up there, so we've got tons of tools oh, yeah. that we're helping uh, transport up for my friend. And we break down um, right after going through a town a couple miles, and we cannot get the car to start. Oh. It's it's pretty bad. It was like engine trouble bad. Oh, no. I wasn't too, too up on my mechanical skills at that point, so I, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but the head blew or something. Oh, gosh. Um, so we hitchhiked back into town a couple miles, made it back. I think it was a uh, Saturday afternoon, if I remember right. So we got towed back into town. Um, 
And then we had the only open motel was like across town. We had to lug all our luggage across town. We stayed in a motel. We couldn't get anything done Sunday. And then Monday morning, oh, man. we figured out the car's toast. And it's all American parts. You can't get anything yeah. in Canada. You basically need a whole new engine. And it's cheaper just to junk it. Golly. So we did. We ended up junking the car. Oh, I don't even know what happened to it exactly. It was my friend's car. He was still making payments on it. Oh, no, dude. That's so terrible. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty rough. <laughs> um, so we junked it, and then we were like calling our parents. Hey, we're broke down in Canada. Can you send money? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> we ended up getting a bus ticket to Whitehorse, um, Yukon. Okay. Um, up in Canada. And we... I bought a huge bo- uh, hockey bag and stuffed as many tools as I could into that thing and took it with me as one of my carry-ons. But we had a huge generator, oh, and I could no. not take this huge generator with us on the bus. And I couldn't I couldn't find a buyer for it to sell it um, while right. I was there. But what I ended up doing was the, the guy at the bus station was so nice. I left it at the bus station with the guy to sell for me. He said, I'll, I'll send the payment on to you. Just No way. And I didn't have any choice. I had to just trust him. This is Mike's generator. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I left it with him, and he actually did sell it and send the money on to Mike. So wow. He was a really nice guy. Stand-up guy. That's a classic yeah. Canadian. Everybody says they're nice. really appreciate him. Do you remember his name at all? No, don't remember his name. And I cannot remember the city's name at this <laughs> okay. point. Okay, oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so cell phones were around in 07, right? Yes. Did any of you guys have one, do you know? Oh, I, I must have. I don't remember details, but I must have had a cell phone. It'd be pretty handy if one of y'all did. That way you weren't having to track down a landline everywhere you went. trying to. I remember making a lot of calls from the motel. So we okay. were using landlines. Um I don't know if our cell phones weren't working in Canada or something. Okay, that could be too. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Either way, that's a hassle. Dude, I was back to the car, just kicking the bucket. There's something about being in high school and you're, you know, you finally saved up enough money to buy a car (laughs) or make payments at least, you know? Uh, Yeah. And then it kicks the bucket. Like, there's just something so devastating about when you're in high school, your car is like your pride and joy. And it's like your biggest purchase. And then it just dies on you. You're like, oh, no. My friend was so dejected. He was so sad. I can only imagine. He's like, you're like on a high. You're like going to Alaska and then your car dies. You're just like, oh, man. I don't even know. <laughs> so you remember the fender bender, though, in Montana? Yes. He actually ended up getting uh, insurance payout for oh, that, dude. and it covered his costs. Oh, So it all worked out for him. That's so nice. But, man, it was... He probably didn't know that at the time. No, though. he didn't know for, like, months. <laughs> okay, so you got on this bus to, what's it called, Yukon? So, yeah, yeah. Um, and... Then we got on a different bus. Okay. It went over to Alaska... Took us to um, Talkeetna or thereabout, and we okay. met up with my friend Mike. And I just remember having such a sense of relief when we got there. I was like, "Shoot, I am not in charge anymore." Oh, I can only imagine. So yeah. good. Were you like the unspoken leader of that three-man crew that was driving up there? Would you say no? Okay, uh, mm, maybe co-leader at least. Okay, I got but you. It wasn't my car, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that. So you finally got there. You're relieved. Um, yep. And then what did Mike say? Did, did he already know about the generator stuff, I guess? 
Yeah, I mean, I had been in contact with him the whole trip up. So. Okay. So mm. when I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but when you went back down to see that guy and he was just like, here's your money? Did he just hand you, like, cash? He, he, no, he mailed us money. Oh. I left the generator with them and just said, if you can sell here's it. Here's the address? Here's the address to send money to. Did you let him keep, like, 10% or he just sent it all? I don't know what happened. Okay. I, <laughs> he sent it directly to Mike. Wow, what a guy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so you finally got there. Probably took a day to sleep. <laughs> yeah, um, it gets a little fuzzy, but I know we spent two weeks out of the bush cabin that Mike had. We, okay. So we drove up, and it's about five to six miles off the highway in the middle of nowhere kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we pull over on a on the shoulder, hike in six miles or so. Wow. My dad came up that summer and spent some time out with us in the in the bush cabin. Okay, see, He's I didn't even out. know that. That's mm-hmm. super cool. He was probably out about a week. And then quite a uh, few guys from my youth group were out there, too. So we had a good okay, little nice. group of guys. There was uh, three cabins out at this lake. And it was a very marshy area. So you w- you're walking in this, like, bog area. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of bushes you'd go through, and then a lot of standing water. So you have to kind of skirt around areas. A lot of times I'd like sink into my knee deep. Okay, oh, you'd have to just yeah. huh. kind of hike out when the tundra gets real um, melted. I guess it's just very, very wet. Okay. Did you see any moose while you were there? No, I don't think I saw any moose. We we did see some bear. Um, let me think. Yeah, no, okay, um, no moose. So rattle Maybe. off a couple more highlights for me while you were I did there. see some moose at in Talkeetna, yes. Okay, I got you. So in Talkeetna, I had a little place I was staying behind Mike's uh, little temporary house. And I remember one morning waking up and there was a moose and a calf in the in our like parking lot area. That's pretty cool. So That's pretty cool. So Talkeetna is how you say it, is that right? Talkeetna, yeah. Uh, Alaska's huge, and I don't know where anything is really, but so Takina is um, basically the the base city underneath uh, Denali National Park. So it's kind of okay. base camp for a lot of people that are hiking in the park, getting ready to climb the mountain. It's a pretty small town. Okay. Um, did but you yeah, get, a lot of character there. Did you get to talk to anybody? They, they have an annual uh, moose droppings festival. What is that? <laughs> it's just some some party they have every year. That, okay. Huh. That's cool. Um, yeah, we got a couple of buddies, or a buddy, I guess, from Alaska that we went to school with. And it's it's just cool kind of hearing about, you know, a big town in Alaska. It, it would be a fairly small town here. Like, if you have a town of, like, 8,000 people, that's a pretty big town in Alaska. Yeah, that's I, true. I, it really is the last frontier. A lot everything's of expensive up there too, because everything's got to get shipped so far. So right, that makes cost of living is pretty high. Huh? What a cool place, though. How yeah. does it compare to some of the other places that you've been? Like, I'd say it's very remote. There's not a whole lot of people up there, and uh, you get out by yourself in the in the bush, mountains. You you might not see anyone for a long time. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Any other highlights? Did you guys do any cool hikes? or? Yeah, so well, while we were out at the bush cabin, we got to hike up to uh, a really nice lake and, and and actually a peak. We got to the top of Copeland Peak. I don't know what the, the elevation was, but we had some really nice views 
and probably the best water I've ever drank was out of that lake. It was so good. So cold, so, so good. That is so cool. I wasn't even thirsty until you said that. Just thinking about, like, (laughs) a glacial, like, stream or whatever, lake. It's like, oh, man, that just, that sounds so Yeah, everything you can imagine, that's what it was. (laughs) That's so cool, dude. Um... So I, I know we did like day hikes while we were out of the bush cabin. One time we came back and our front door to the cabin had been all scratched up by a Ooh. black bear trying to get in. Man, uh, did you have any run-ins with bears while you were there? Close so, calls? Yeah, my second summer I was out and we spent some time at the bush cabin again. One, this time with just Mike and one other guy. His name was uh, Luke. And me and Luke decided to go hiking one day. I wanted to do some gold panning out of the river couple miles away and Luke wanted to do some fishing so me and Luke headed out together and we had a shotgun Luke was carrying the shotgun I was carrying a shovel and uh, uh, a pan for gold panning and there's so many alder bushes it's really dense and hard to see around but we we were hiking and we come around this one corner and all of a sudden boom there in front of us is a big black bear Ooh. and she's got like one or two cubs up in a tree and she's just mad. Dude. We've like surprised her and she actually started charging us. No. Yeah. Right at that point. And Luke's in front of me. And I actually can't see very well around him to see what's going on because the bush is just so dense. But he like drops everything except the gun and starts, he pulls it up. He almost shoots it. He's yelling at it. I remember having a buck knife and a shovel and trying to think, man, do I keep the buck knife or do I keep the shovel? Because this bear is about to bear run into my friend and I'm going to have to fight it off him. Yeah. Do I use a knife or a shovel? And I decided to keep the shovel because I didn't want to stab my friend accidentally. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's some quick thinking. Thankfully, I didn't have to. We were able to kind of call its bluff and it ran around. It tried to come back at us from another direction. Um, and it was like barking, almost like a dog. Huh. It, I've never heard a bear make noises, I guess, but besides that point. That is so crazy. But yeah, we yelled at it and were able to kind of call its bluff and it ran off after a while. Yeah, it probably, I mean, seeing two fairly large humans probably wasn't really wanting to mess with you if it didn't have to, but something about bears with cubs, man, I don't know. That's some scary stuff. Yeah, you startle them and they get that instinct to yeah. protect their young. It's it's a dangerous situation. There. Dude, that is a close call. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, I've been thinking about it for two minutes now, I'm still not sure if I would choose the buck knife or the shovel. <laughs> I, I don't know if I made the right choice there. Right? Oh, yeah. Good thing we don't have to know. <laughs> but dang, that's pretty crazy. Those. Okay. I've been wanting to come back to this. Did you find any gold? Um, a few flakes. Nothing nothing too crazy. Did you keep them? I did. I kept okay. a, uh, I actually found a few rocks with gold in it. And I don't know if it's real gold or fool's gold. I, I couldn't really tell. Okay. Do you still have them? Somewhere, yeah. That's pretty cool. It'd be, it'd be fun to take that somewhere sometime and see. Yep. That's neat. All right, man. Well, any other highlights or stuff you want to mention? Um... One thing I'd mention is just the bush, bush planes. Oh, so uh, everyone out there travels around by bush plane, and they've got floats on the bottom, so yep. they can land on lakes. So it's like built-in runways everywhere. So one, um, we had some connections with some bush pilots that I got to know and got to ride in some bush planes a few times, and that was a lot of fun. Dude, that is super one time cool. while we were out in the bush uh, bush cabin, we got ice cream flown in. 
<laughs> we were we were pretty happy. We watched Jeremiah Jones one evening and watched yes. some uh, or ate some ice cream that that night. Another time, I got to fly to church via bush plane. Uh, we went from Talkeetna to Wasilla. That's so, so cool. That was man. a pretty neat experience. Didn't you for a while pursue actually getting your pilot's license? Yeah, I I uh, got a scholarship at CFO and took maybe ten hours of uh, flight training. Okay, and I got to where I could solo. So nice. I actually took the airplane up by myself and came down, landed twice. But then the uh, scholarship money kind of ran out, and I I didn't pursue it after that. I got you. Well, that's cool though, and. Would you say uh, flying around in those bush planes, was that part of your inspiration, I guess, for getting that scholarship at CFO, or is it... Yeah, probably definitely part of part of it. It's just really fun being in those small planes, and yeah. you go up, you see everything, come down. It's it's a lot of fun. I bet that's like super pretty views up there, too. Like mm-hmm. Being able to get a couple thousand feet above everything and just see Alaska from above, the last frontier from above, it's got to be pretty cool. I didn't do it, but a lot of the... The tourists would get bush planes to fly them around the mountain Denali oh, and get wow. just great views. Yeah, I can only imagine. That's as so long cool. as the weather cooperates, you can see some great things. Okay, one more question: Will you ever make it back to Alaska? Do you think? I hope so. I, uh, I don't. I'm not sure I ever want to live up there, but mm-hmm. uh, if the right opportunity came, I, I'd consider it, and I'd love to visit again. Nice. Nice. Is Mike, are you still connected with Mike at all? Yep, Mike's still up there. So he's living there now. Yep. Was Is he originally from there or? I think he's originally from Washington, if I remember right. Okay, so he kind of moves around a lot because he was pastoring in Camdenton mm-hmm. and then he's from Washington. Now he's in Alaska. So, mm-hmm. traveler. Yes. Yeah. He's got some good adventures. That's pretty cool. Well, John, if you don't have anything else, I, I really appreciate you hopping on and hearing you tell those stories is pretty cool. Makes me want to get to Alaska. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. It's fun to tell these stories. All right, man. Well, we'll catch you on the next one. Sounds good.